All right, practice any fam jam. Um, thanks for taking a pause with us. I needed a little mental break from podcasting, but I'm so excited to bring sort of an intermittent uh, podcast episode here before we take another break and then we'll burst into 2021 with joy and rapture. So welcome Dr. Lisa Kors, who um, is a longtime student, practitioner of Practice Indie, an athlete at Naptown Fitness, an overall brilliant individual. Um, and we're going to talk about today health through the holidays. Uh, but I think in particular, I'd love to introduce who she is and what she does, because that um, is something that I'm super interested in right now. And, and quite frankly, I want to expose more people to what she does. So, um, Lisa, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thank you, Shannon. It's exciting to have an opportunity to talk about myself, although it, uh, we'll try to keep this simple. <laughs> um, so I'm a family doctor. Um, I see all ages. Um, a lot of people might also hear the term primary care doctor or general practitioner, but it's all just a way of saying that um, I try to take care of the vast majority of people's health issues in my office. Um, and I recently opened my own practice here in Indianapolis, down in the Fountain Square neighborhood. Um, and my aim in doing that was just to be able to provide the best care that I can for people. Um, and I think that it, um, makes available um, certain practices um, above and beyond traditional primary care. Um, for instance, just bringing in a more holistic approach. So I have some training in um, integrative medicine and I incorporate some acupuncture into my practice. Um, and then recently started pursuing um, training in functional medicine, which basically aims at getting at the root cause of health issues. So rather than, um, you know, just treating symptoms with medications, um, I really love to be able to work with people in um, trying to help them get better long term, often through lifestyle changes. Certainly, there's a role for medication. Um, but it's just um, great when you can overall help people lead healthier lives. So cool. So there's so much about what you are doing that I'm interested in. And, um, you know, candidly for those listening, I have met with Lisa. I am, I am planning and have goals to join her practice in 2021. Uh, because I feel like, um, especially the, this year has definitely made this much more apparent for me, but with the increase in utilizing the internet and, um, you know, the globalization of things, I think works both macro and micro. And I feel like, um, I come from a, a medical family, so I'm, I'm speaking from that lens, but I feel like medicine has become in many ways, um, not as personal, not as direct, right? So you, you know, I, I have a wonderful OB, but she's very specific about her interest of like what she's talking about with me. And, you know, I can only go to her for a specific set of things. And so um, I have the great privilege and benefit of being able to call my dad, who's an ER doctor and be like, Hey dad, what do you think this is? And then he can be like, 
we'll go to this person and go to this person. Um, but I feel like I have lost the ability to like really have somebody who can be on my, like who is my team to, to rally for me. That's not my dad, if that makes sense. So I feel like the internet, um, and I can speak from the yoga world because so much has gone online and you can practice yoga anywhere in the world. What happens is you lose that personal connection. You know, one of the things that we work so hard on in our classes is saying people's names and actually knowing like, what are you working on in your practice? Why are you showing up to your mat? And I think there's something so critical about that because when I go to these massive online classes, what I lose is the, um, the integration of like being known and seen, right? Like I get a world-class experience from a world-class teacher, but they know nothing about me and they have no invested interest in what my goals are and who I'm going to be. So that's so much of what I'm interested in your practice because I candidly want to be known and seen, especially in my health. So can you talk about what direct primary care is and also like maybe what draws you to that? Yeah, I think that you touch on a lot of really important points. And I think that direct primary care is exactly a reaction to that um, because you are among, I would say, the majority of patients um, and people um, that have had experiences where they um, felt like a number and not an individual in the healthcare system. So direct primary care, um, that's the model that um, I am using for my practice. And it's, it's really, I, I think, a, an effort to revolutionize the um, way that we access healthcare. Um, the, the primary focus of it is um, allowing patients to have seamless access to their doctor. So instead of calling your doctor and feeling like you need help now and you can't get in for another month, um, usually I can see patients the same day um, or the next day and patients have my phone number so they can text me, they can email me, we can do virtual visits in person. Um, and so it just really increases access to care. And I'm also able to see patients for as long as necessary. So um, I don't have to get patients in and out in 15 minutes. Um, I can, it's wonderful because every one of my patients, um, because I have such um, a long initial appointment, usually with them, I can really get to know them. And I want all of them to be my friends <laughs> just because they're all doing such cool things. And they're, it's, it's just, you know, getting to know people on a level that I wasn't able to in the past um, when I was working in a traditional um, care model of having to see patients in 15 minutes and just having to practice very algorithmic medicine. And I think that's why people feel like um, numbers is because in traditional care settings, um, the way that doctors can get through patients so quickly is by following algorithms of like, okay, if this, then that, and you kind of, you know, go down this algorithm in your mind and it helps keep you organized and work quickly, but people aren't numbers. We all follow, you know, we all have different influences, factors that are affecting our health. Um, and those all need to be addressed individually to really help a person get better. Um, so direct primary care, um, I think, is an excellent response to making care more available and personalized. Um, and what I think is so cool about it and draws me to the model um, is that it 
it doesn't have to be completely exclusive. It aims to operate at a price point that is accessible. Like obviously it can't be accessible to everyone um, um, because, well, that's a whole nother discussion, but um, we really aim for price transparency. And I think that that's a hugely important aspect mm -hmm. of medical care um, is that, you know, I can have when I'm making recommendations to my patients, I know exactly how much things cost and I can help make a plan that takes into account financial health as well as all the other aspects that are um, important in making that decision. Um, so I think it's kind of a, a cool thing where we can focus on relationships and also try to make really good care affordable and accessible. So cool. Um, one tangent is that I've just now at 33 started, um, and this, you know, the uh, earmuffs to any men listening that don't like talking about periods or women or, you know, anyone who doesn't choose either side of that. But, um, I have just started tracking my period for the first time in 33 years, which is so wild. Um, and just that awareness of self, I think in a more direct primary care model is something that is when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with someone, I have an invitation to be much more personalized and to notice the rhythms of my own body and to be more in tune with that instead of farming it out to someone to tell me how I should feel about that. And again, I come from a medical family and I, I believe in both systems. I know there's merit and necessity in both systems, but I am most interested in that pursuit of knowing myself and being seen and heard, not just for myself, but those who I recruit to be on my, you know, healthcare team. So I think that's so valuable. And, um, even just thinking about joining your model has brought me more awareness to like taking ownership of my health and like really, really getting to know the rhythms of my body and that kind of thing. So, um, I think that is one of the many benefits of what, what you do and how you're doing it. Um, I, I think that's so important. Sorry to interject real quick. Yeah, just I love the ownership of your health. And I think that that's been something that I've really enjoyed just the last several months of this practice is um, I am getting a lot of patients who are wonderful advocates for themselves. And I am learning so much about health practices through what people research on their own. And it's funny because I, I do think that personal research into your own health, um, the response that a lot of patients get is that they're kind of chastised by their doctors. Like, how dare you look into this or come up, up with an idea of, you know, what's actually going on with yourself. Um, but I think that's wonderful. And um, because you know yourself the best and you should be invested in your health and and be curious about it and look into it. So I love having those conversations and it teaches me a lot more too um, about medicine, just seeing what ideas people come up with. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah, my, my dad and I have this conversation often because I think there's a, there's a large difference in just Googling your symptoms and taking the first three hits on the page, you know, mm -hmm. and not having the background information, like not taking the time to get to know yourself of like, is this irregular or what is this in comparison to, you know, versus if you're someone who journals about your body and knows your cycles and things like that and says, look, I know that these things happen regularly and here's an irregularity and here's, you know, I think there's a much 
there's a big difference between just Googling and coming to your doctor and saying, this is the facts versus like <laughs> having, um, having built into your life, the awareness of your health and your own rhythms to be able to say like, I've really looked into this and, and these are the patterns and this is where that's not lining up. You know, he, he is shared. He's much more inclined to have that conversation than well, I Googled it. And here's the answer. You know, he's like, well, I went to medical school for <laughs> however many years <laughs> and I've been a doctor for this long. Like I can tell you that doesn't line up. So I definitely, um, I know that it could be frustrating to just get a Google hit in your office and be like, this is what's <laughs> happening with me. But I also think, you know, if you take the time, which is what we are, the name practice Indy, what we're trying to advocate in our, in our practice is to teach you how to be in, in full ownership of yourself. Um, so that's a totally different way to come at your health, you know? So you touched on something with financial health, which I think is um, one of the, the conversations we had about acupuncture and we talked about vaccines for my kids. We talked about acupuncture is that you do come at it as such a holistic approach because I know people listening to this come from many different sides of um, many different health camps. And I think that's what makes our country unique and interesting is that we are able to do those things. Um, and what draws me to you is that holistic approach that the same answer is not going to be correct for every family or every individual. So can you talk about holistic care and maybe your viewpoint on that? And then any winter holistic health tips you have for people listening? Sure. Um, so holistic care, as I look at it is, um, looking at the whole person and coming up with a plan that is approachable and, um, and accessible to the individual. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, typically when we think of holistic health, we think of no medicine, um, you know, using plants and herbs and things like that. And I certainly, um, like to bring that into my practice when, um, my patients are interested in that. Um, but the real aim is just to address the whole person. So, um, I think that first, um, I facilitate that by being able to manage the majority of health issues in my office. Um, so, you know, I, because I have more time with my patients, I can, um, spend more time figuring out what's going on. I don't, um, have to refer to, you know, the cardiologist for chest pain or the dermatologist for every rash. Now, strange things come up. Um, and, you know, specialists certainly are um, wonderful to have in those cases. But I think a lot of people benefit when they have one person kind of addressing the majority of their health issues and then getting input when it's necessary, but um, to kind of be the quarterback of, of what's going on. Um, so yeah, first, um, just kind of in terms of being able to see a person for the majority of their needs in my office, being able to see all ages. So being able to see all members of a family, um, I love that, um, knowing several people within the same family sheds a lot of light on what's going on with an individual. And so it's so valuable to, um, you know, know several people um, and more about their family and what's going on. Um, and then 
holistic from the perspective of being willing to incorporate um, several different approaches to um, health and wellness. Um, I mentioned kind of integrative medicine, which is um, drawing from the many practices of, of different traditions of medicine, whether it's traditional Chinese medicine or naturopathy, homeopathy, um, allopathic medicine, which is like your MDs and DOs, um, you know, all of these practices of, um, of trying to help a person be well, have important things to contribute. Um, and different people have different willingness to um, incorporate those different practices. And so I think what I can do is offer kind of a bridge um, between what I often refer to as mainstream medicine, like, um, you know, your MD or DO who learned, you know, allopathic medicine in a mainstream medical school. Um, and, you know, what we often kind of lump together as alternative practices, um, which um, I think, you know, shifting towards the terminology of integrative medicine to value all of these practices and the role that they play in helping a person get better. Um, I think just being able and willing to have conversations about different practices and the approach a person wants to take um, in managing their health um, just, I think, makes wellness more approachable. Um, so I just want to meet people where they are and help kind of shift them towards wellness um, in a way that is approachable for them. Great. So what would be your top three wellness tips, holistic wellness, integrative medicine tips for um, especially, I guess I, I would be remiss if I mentioned we are in a pandemic. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there is a vaccine that's, um, you know, proving to be very hopeful, but mm -hmm certainly a, a time of great uncertainty in our health. And I think, um, many of us are feeling like, okay, well, what do I, this is a very liminal phase of, of <laughs> uh, in addition to just being the winter, then we've got all that. So with that in mind, what would be maybe your three top three wellness tips for this time? Oh, it's hard, um, to narrow it down. Um, but I think that, um, number one, um, I, it's important to engage in the, um, the markers of changes and seasons and time. Um, there's a whole really interesting study of, um, kind of the rhythms of life called chronobiology, um, that, plays a really important role in our health. Um, and I think what is um, nice for us is that it means that we have permission to celebrate here and there. And so it's important to um, enjoy some of the holidays and, and you know the foods that come along with it in a way that's guilt-free. Mm -hmm. um, I think on the flip side, obviously, we all worry about overindulgence, but enjoying things um, is important. And so 
Um, I think first and foremost, after a really difficult year, trying to find a way to enjoy, um, you know, the new year or, you know, if you're celebrating um, Christmas or other holidays to just um, indulge in that a little bit. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Love that. Um, but then kind of getting back on track, um, I absolutely love the goal setting um, workshop that you host, Shannon. And looking back on, on what really, I think, spurred my investment in my own health was probably about 13 years ago um, when my partner Jacob and I made a New Year's resolution to exercise regularly and we joined the CrossFit gym in our neighborhood. Um, and we really hadn't regularly exercised um, or thought a whole lot about our health before that. And I think really I look back on that and, um, and really attribute my um, health and just interest in it to making that decision one year and sticking with it. Um, and, you know, it, it's been an up and down, um, you know, sometimes um doing a lot better than others, but, um, you know, goals are really important. Um, and you know, it's a really, um, uh, a really great way to make sustainable changes in our health, our setting goals. Um, and it also creates a sense of optimism, optimism, having something to look forward to is, is very important for our health. Um, I might add two additional things. You said top three, but quick plug for sleep. Sleep is absolutely essential. Mm -hmm. um, there's just no getting around it. If you think that you can, can do what you need to do on less than six, but probably more ideally eight hours of sleep, it, it you're really sacrificing your health um, when you do that. And it's not easy because there's all sort of things that interrupt our sleep. Um, but that's something that, um, you know, working with, um, a doctor or even being, you know, your own health advocate, there's, it's just really important to focus on. Um, and there's a lot of information about how to improve your sleep. Um, the last thing I was just going to say is kind of, um, managing relationships, which is super difficult over the holidays. Um, but, you know, perhaps in a time where we can't connect with all the people that we would normally want to, in some ways, it might also be a blessing to not have to run into the people that we find um, stressful. But it's also um, a good time to make a list of the people that you feel rejuvenated uh, when you're talking with and reconnecting with um, you know, make a list of those people that you want to call over the next few weeks and, um, and have a nice conversation with them. Um, that's really important to, to keep um, connected with those people. And if there's people that you're avoiding and feel somewhat relieved that you don't have to see them because of COVID, um, it might also be a good time to think about, um, you know, settling whatever um, issues or are plaguing that relationship um, because it also just uh, contributes a lot to just alleviating stress, which again is super important for our health. Mm. So good. Yeah. The sleep thing, 
I, uh -uh. I don't operate on less than eight. I mean, eight to 10. I'm, I'm a, I'm a loony when it comes to my sleep. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's, I mean, that's just it is I felt bad for so long for needing so much sleep, but, um, it serves your health. Well, it's very important. Mm -hmm. Well, Lisa, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time and honestly for doing what you're doing. A small story. My brother, my oldest brother, who's a, an amazing plastic surgeon. He does incredible things in the world and helps a lot of people. Um, his original goal was to be a family doctor. And I remember him saying he wanted to live in a small Alabama town and be mm -hmm. the, the doctor and ride his horse to people's houses. And I was like, yeah, that's not real. Um, <laughs> but I remember admiring that so much. And I always, you know, when he ended up becoming a plastic surgeon, obviously I'm so happy for him, but, um, I always was kind of like mournful for like, does that even exist anymore? And so when you came up doing this, it was like such a like heartwarming, like, oh my gosh, really getting back to this, like being seen and known neighborhood thing in medicine. And I'm, I'm here for it. So thank you for, um, having the courage to do what you're doing. Thank you. And thanks for being interested and, and supporting the idea. Yeah. I think we're coming kind of full circle. Um, you know, I guess they always say what goes around comes around. And I kind of feel like that's the shift we're making or seeing somewhat in medicine, which is a good thing. I think in this case. Yeah. So cool. Well, you can find Lisa at her website, fountainsquaremd.com. I will put that in the notes and everyone have a safe and happy holiday. And again, uh, thank you. Thank you.